If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to throw this on the screen too, or you can do it on your phone or your iPad. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, the title of our message today is Heaven is Celebrating. They are singing a song. Let's Verse 8 through verse 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the fl their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Now, I want you to read the Bible, and I encourage you to do this on a regular basis. Read your Bible, but read it not as a fairy tale story, but as a newspaper. Right. Get into the perspective. We have shepherds out in the field, minding their own business, and an angel shows up. <laughs> You say, what's that? That's what I think an angel's going to sound like. You know, you get closer, a really bright light, it's got a, a humming sound, don't it? I never noticed the humming sound until you lose power in your house. Have you ever done that? And then you're trying to go to bed and the silence is so quiet, you're like, bring back the noise. <laughs> so anyway, that might not be the case, but that's just the way I see it. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So they had the night shift. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. I would put in there, they were freaking out. If you were at your job outside at night, and all of a sudden an angel shows up and everything goes to daylight, yeah. you're going to be, right. right? The shepherds didn't go, hey, look, an angel. Right? They probably are on the ground. And they were afraid. And the angel said unto them, what? Fear not. Say fear not. Fear not. Let me encourage you. I believe as we get closer and closer to the last days, the demonstration of God's presence and power will be of such a nature that many people will be caught off guard by the magnitude. We don't look for the spectacular. We look for the significance, but never dismiss the spectacular, what God can do. Amen. You walk home and all of a sudden, you see people getting healed, maybe even in your own house. Yeah. People being blessed, people getting saved. People that you thought would never get saved, knocking on your door with tears, saying, I need to get right. Yeah. I think a lot of times we wonder, why hasn't God done that? Maybe we haven't been expecting God to do it. And Hebrews 6.12 tells us in Hebrews 11.33 that we receive by faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you have no expectation, why do you think God would ever do it? Right. We need to raise our level of expectation of what God can do because he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Are you with me today, church? Amen. So what if we start saying, God, I'm just going to begin to expect and believe that you to do the impossible. Right. My child gets saved. This get fixed. Me move into a different level of life. Who said you have to stay next year where you are this year? Who told you that your life cannot be better? Sometimes we have to be so tenacious with the attitude of who do we allow lie to us to tell us that things can't be better, things can't be different, that we can't have peace or joy or health or life? Who told us that things have to look in the future the way it looks in the past? We need to shake ourselves sometimes. And sometimes repent. Well, I haven't done anything wrong. Shake ourselves and say, Lord, I'm, I apologize if I have limited you from doing what only you can do. Yes. Yes. I bring you, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to everyone, to all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Now, all the times I've seen it, uh, you know what I mean? They try to make it up on TV or you see it on Charlie Brown. Come on, somebody. Everybody's in choir robes. I'm telling you, this is not choir robe material, what's going on. These are literally warring angels. This is the kind of stuff that if they showed up, you'd probably wet yourself. I mean, these are bad to the bone warring angels. Most people see God and angels as like just sweet little, like a little cherubim and a diaper and a harp. That don't exist. I'm telling you. When angels show up, and even in the Old Testament, when one angel showed up, he wiped out a whole army. God, let me tell you, God's a bad, uh, bad dude. I'm telling you, Jesus showed up. You can go through scripture, and I'll show you where Jesus shows up, and it is terrifying to the enemy. So these are angels that are just sitting and go, Hercules, Hercules. No, no, these are guys. These are. Some of you know what I'm referencing. I don't even know where that came from. Just pray for me. Just pray for me. Someone's over there on their knees right now. Help them, Jesus. But I, I really believe in the last days, what has happened even in the church world, there's a lot of masculinity that's lost in the body of Christ. And everybody tries to get along and keep everybody happy, never say anything to offend anybody and everybody. And we develop this mindset that, that God is weak and the devil is strong. I'm telling you, God is so strong that the mountains melt, the Bible says. Angels are bad, are bad to the bone. I'm telling you, an angel walk up, you get an angel show up, you're going to go, when you get to heaven and see your angel and see angels, you're not going to be like, hmm, not so bad. They're not so tough. No, you're going to be like, OMG. These guys are intense. I mean, and one of the things the church needs is men of God being masculine and strong and still being sensitive to the presence of God. People that are strong and confident and bold, but yet can get on their knees and worship God. David was that way. I'll, I'll just go down a little road rabbit trail right now. David, most people don't realize that David was that way. I mean, he, he could write songs about the Lord. He worshiped God. He was a man after God's own heart. But don't mess with David. Just forget about Goliath. I mean, he whipped Goliath. But there's other people. There was one time a guy offended him. He said, okay, I'm coming to your house to kill you. If it wasn't for the man's wife who came out and met David because he knew, she knew that when David showed up, it was done. I mean, he was bad to the bone. Okay, let's get back to the scripture. Someone needed to hear that. There's no wimps in the body of Christ in the name of Jesus. For unto you is born this day the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. Father, I take a moment and I pause. And at the very beginning, we, we celebrate you, Lord Jesus. You are the reason for the season. I pray for the anointing of revelation and understanding to rest upon this house. Let our ears be open to hear what you're saying from heaven. Let our eyes see what you want us to see. And let our hearts receive that understanding that we need to have in our life and our day. We thank you for the anointing, the practical and the spiritual combined. We thank you for the work that you're doing, and we give you praise. And everyone shouted, Amen. Three things I want to draw attention as the angels begin to glory, uh, say glory to God of the highest. Heaven is celebrating. Shout, heaven is celebrating. Heaven is celebrating. 
You have to understand that when Jesus was born, some people can look at it and say, oh, so sad he's in a manger. You don't understand. Heaven is celebrating. They might not have seen it on the earth, but in heaven they're celebrating. Because heaven knew what was happening. Heaven knew what was going on. Heaven was celebrating. They were singing. Say, heaven was celebrating. I mean, historically, there had been 400 years, what they call the dark ages, when God was no longer speaking to the earth. God was no longer saying anything. There was no new revelation. So anything that Israel, the Jewish people were doing, it was a repetition of past patterns. They were trying to keep going with what they had before. But heaven was doing a new thing. Heaven was celebrating because they saw what God was doing. They saw the plan of God moving to the next season. This is so important because with our natural eyes, we don't always see what God sees from the spiritual side. Heaven is celebrating. I'm telling you today, I don't know where you're at in the journey of life, but I decree over your life. Heaven is celebrating for what God's doing in your life today. You might not see it. You might not feel it. You might not know it. And just like Joseph and Mary, they might have looked around and said, we have a baby. And it's a fulfillment of a promise given to us. But they did not realize the magnitude of all that God was going to do. And though they could look around and see a nativity scene and animals and a smell that didn't agree with what they were used to, they did not understand because heaven was celebrating at that moment. And in your darkest moment, when you don't feel God, and the devil will tell you, he's no longer with you. He's no longer there, and he's ignored you, forgotten you. I'm here to encourage you. Emmanuel, God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And what you don't feel or see in the natural does not define what God is doing in eternal. And he is celebrating because the word of God says he knows the plans he has for you. Lift up your head and begin to shout. In your darkest moment, I give you praise, Lord Jesus, because I know heaven is celebrating. God has good in store for me. The plan of God, it was moving to a next chapter, a new season. Things were about to change. Say, things are about to change. Man, anytime a new baby shows up, it doesn't matter who it is. Things are about to change. Things are changing for the parents. Things are changing for the family. Things are changing for the grandparents. Come on, somebody. Things are changing. When Jesus showed up, it was a new chapter, a new season. And they began to celebrate. Heaven is celebrating. Number one, heaven is celebrating for God's impartation into the earth. A child was born. They didn't understand the plan of God, but the Father always knew. And the Bible says that Jesus came in the fullness of time. It was at the right moment, the right time, in the right place. Prophecies that have been spoken hundreds of years, things that have been spoken thousands of years, were coming in the process of fulfillment of a prophecies that had been there for a long time was starting to reveal itself. For John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. A child is born. Heaven is celebrating for the impartation of what, the, what God was bringing to the earth. Galatians 3 tells us, you, we need to understand this, that helps. Galatians 3 begins to tell us that with, with Abraham, that God was, had decided. You understand, when God created Adam, he created, he created man in his own image. Not only to, in the natural, but the spiritual side. He breathed the breath of life into Adam. He gave him authority. 
He gave him an, the, the ability. Think about this. He gave him the ability to do something that nobody, no other creation could do, and that was to operate under two kingdoms simultaneously. All right. For Adam could operate in the kingdom of heaven equally as he could the kingdom of the earth. Yeah. And at creation, he didn't say, let's make man. He said, let's make man in our image. And then let's give him the authority, the dominion to, to rule. So he gave Adam the authority to rule in the kingdom of the earth. And Adam could go back and forth in both dimensions simultaneously. It's a dimensional thing. The reason most people say, I don't see God is because you understand, he's in a whole different levels of dimension. And he, he would walk with Adam in the cool of the day and work with Adam in, during the day. He would call the animals out and Adam would name them. Why? Because Adam was the one over the authority of the kingdom of the earth. Right. And Adam gave up that authority. He submitted the, the reign to the devil. Yeah. And the heart of the father, he knew, even though he loved Adam, he knew that in the bigger plan that he would have to send someone, his son, to die on the cross to redeem man, humanity. And in, and in the process of time, to do that, he, he, he brought in the context of a virgin birth. Even at, when he was judging Adam and Eve and telling them, you've disobeyed and here's the result and here's what's going to happen. And then he looked at the serpent refer, referencing the devil and said, her seed will bruise your head. At that moment, most people don't realize that was the introduction. Hello, Mark, my cousin. Love you, sir. At, the, at that moment, well, you say, why'd you do that? Well, I'm preaching. You do what you want when you're preaching. So, at, at, the, at the moment, he, at that moment, he was introducing the context of a virgin birth. Have you ever heard people say, well, a lot of religions have a virgin birth. That's Christianity just copied. No, that was the devil trying to taint what the father had already planned out at the very beginning in the garden. He said, her seed, women don't have seed, men have seed. And it was the introduction of the virgin birth. And so from history, the devil knew there would be a virgin birth. And from the virgin birth, he would be the one that would destroy his authority. Yes. Crush his head. Yes. So that's why you see throughout scripture where there'd be times that, they, that the that demonic powers and devil would, would influence people of power to kill all the babies. Moses. Because he didn't know. Is this the time? The birth of Jesus, that time, what was he doing? He was trying to kill the future king. Why? Because he knew he was coming. And so Galatians tells us, and Paul's got a great revelation on that, that during the process, so God was bringing a seed through the, the lineage of humanity. He was going to birth, through the virgin birth, a son who would destroy the power of the enemy. But he had to start with somebody in the natural. And he looked and found Abraham. And he made a covenant with Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham's an interesting person, not only because he's a father of faith, he's literally the father of many different religions. Abraham had Isaac and Ishmael. Through Ishmael is the Arab nations. That's the Muslim faith. And do you realize that they still honor Abraham? Although in their Quran, they have the story different. They say that Ishmael was the son of promise and Isaac was the son of the flesh and had to be put out. Through Isaac came Israel. And through 
So Abraham birthed Isaac and Ishmael, and so you see the Jewish nation and the, the Arab nation. But then also we have the spiritual nation, yes, yes. men and women of faith, the Gentiles, and the Jews, and the Muslims, who all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, yes. all looking to Abraham. And Galatians, get back to Galatians. So Galatians 3, uh, Paul brings out that when God made a covenant with Abraham, he made it to him and his seed. And then he goes on to say, not to seed plural, but to singular one. So when God made, come here, my friend. You're all Christmas. Come here, no, stand up. I don't shake your hand. You're going to dress like your wife and sit on the front row. I'm going to bother you. No, I'm just having fun with you. And so when God made a, made a covenant with Abraham, he made it with, to Abraham and to Let's see, you're smiling. You laughed too loud when I was making fun of him. <laughs> to Abraham and to his seed. His seed. You're going to be Jesus today. Only for a few minutes. Okay. We love you. So to Abraham and to his seed. What happened after Abraham? That's the introduction of the law through Moses. And the purpose of the law was to be a tutor. You know what a tutor is? That's a teacher you're paying on the side. To teach you a lesson that you didn't learn before. And what was the lesson to be learned? It didn't matter how good you could be. You were never good enough to be righteous and go to heaven. So you can never experience and access all that God has for you. His presence, his power, and his home that he has for you. Because the law said if you failed in one point, you failed in all point. But God had to let humanity come to that revelation that they could never be good enough. That they needed a savior. And so for the time of Abraham, so when God created a covenant with Abraham, I know it's Christmas, we're going a little deep, but that's okay, you'll survive. And so when God created a covenant with Abraham, he knew that there would be a time, a span, where they would be under the law. The point of the law was not that we follow it, the point of the law is that we learn from it so that we look to the seed. And so when he made covenant with Abraham, he did something very unique. He put Abraham to sleep. See, a covenant is a contract. And a blood covenant in that culture, they understood. And they would walk in a figure eight, and as they would, as they would touch, they would touch hands, and they would create blood. They would cut themselves in blood, and they would share. And as they crossed the figure eight under a blood covenant, they would share and the blood would cross into each other and they were basically saying my blood's going to you and your blood's going into me and they would communicate the terms of the covenant so if you were strong if you had a, if you had a tribe that was strong and I had a tribe that was prosperous you would say I will protect you against your enemies and I would say I would feed you in, in the day of famine because what belongs to you now belongs to me and what belongs to me belongs to you so in the, context of uh, in the context of covenant, God said, okay, Abraham, I found somebody in the earth and in the natural flesh that I can birth through and bring a lineage, a seed, but now I'm going to create a covenant. And he created a covenant not with Abraham, but for Abraham. Because if we are in covenant and he violates it, the covenant is over. And so God was not going to depend on the arm of the flesh. He depended on his own right arm, the Bible says. He looked throughout the whole earth, studied out. He looked throughout the whole earth who could provide and be the righteous one, who could be the Savior, and he found not any in humanity. So by his own right arm. Notice this. And so he put Abraham to sleep. And it literally says he had Abraham sacrifice. He put him to sleep, and he walked, God walked through the blood. And begin to speak over Abraham what was going to happen and what he was going to do. 
Because he created a covenant for humanity, for Abraham, toward the seed. Amen. He knew what he was going to do. Go ahead and you'll be seated. Give him a hand clap. You had to ham it up, didn't you? And watch it from now on. So when God created a covenant with Abraham, he said, I'm creating this covenant. It's going to bring, he's the father of faith. He trusted me. He obeys me. He believes in me. And so I'm creating this covenant and it's going to be him and to his seed, not plural singular, referring to Christ. And so humanity waited, not understanding why are these things happening? Why are we in the dark ages? They didn't understand that God had a plan and in his plan at the right time, he was going to introduce the seed. And so all of a sudden, heaven is celebrating. Why? Because they know the chapter is changing. The season is changing. Things are about to change. Why? Because the seed of heaven is coming to the earth. That the plan of the Father was being manifested. The Son of God has come. We're moving closer to the eternity of eternities. And not just in the natural seed because of heritage. Seed, even Jesus said this. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the center of the earth for three days and three nights. The Bible says that if a seed stands alone, it will not produce. But if it is allowed to die, it will produce fruit. He came knowing that he was going to die. Why? Because he became the firstborn of many brethren. God wanted children restored back to him, so he sent his son. Oh, my God. Heaven is celebrating for us. Why? Because Jesus has come. Yes. Heaven is celebrating because the seed has come. It's the entrance of his word, the Bible says in Psalms 119, that gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. And if I don't understand something, and are you listening to me? All of us are in places in areas of our life that we don't understand. If you think you understand it all, I'm sorry for you because it's one of those things, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And it's okay to say, God, I don't fully understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand what's happening. But Lord, I need the entrance of your word. I need the seed of your word, Matthew 13. The word is the seed. I need revelation because I know when I get a hold of your word, things are about to change. My season's about to turn around. Number two. Heaven is celebrating not only because of God's impartation in the earth. Heaven is celebrating because God's invitation in humanity. Peace between God and humanity. Yeah. Something they couldn't understand. Jesus was born. Jesus was born. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah, 50, Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that, was, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. In Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that when he went to the cross, listen, he brought peace into our life. Yes. You have the right to peace. Peace just doesn't mean that you get along with everybody. It's peace between us and God. Amen. It's an invitation. God before, God could not allow people to even experience him. Yeah. 
So even in the, in the holiest of holies, it was, a, it was a curtain that only the high priest could go in once a year and experience God and offer a sac- blood sacrifice for the sins of the people. But now Jesus did it, and at the cross when he said it's finished, that curtain separated. What was it saying? God saying, come to me. I want you to know me. I want you to experience me. Help us, Lord, for any type of teaching of the word of God that tells us that God wants us only to be aware of him mentally and not to experience him personally. God wants you to experience him, his goodness, his power, his healing. One of, the, one of the most amazing things you can look at, in the, like they said in the worship, is that the invitation for the shepherds, they begin to say, wait a minute, God is with us, Emmanuel. And they were invited in to see him in, the, in his child state. Yes. Everybody loves children. They're simple. They're pure. They don't have ulterior motives. You ever seen a, a baby spit up and you go, mm, I wonder what they meant by that. I bet they don't like me anymore. What, I, who, have they been talking about me? No. And Jesus said, if we're to enter in the kingdom, we've got to learn the, the simplicity yes. of the invitation. You know what we tend to do? This is human nature. We all can deal with that. Is that we look at the surrounding to determine the simplicity of what God's doing. They didn't get caught up with the manger scene. They were enthroned with the attention of the baby. Some of the things you could do is even if you're going through fire, going through a hard time, hurting, sad, busted, disgusted, lift your hands and say, Lord Jesus, you're still worthy of all my praise. Because I want you. I want your presence. Don't don't misunderstand me. God wants you to be victorious in life. First John. God God wants you to be victorious. God wants you healed. God wants you blessed. He don't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff to have you. But there is something in the presence of God to say, Lord, even if I haven't received the answer to all my prayers, most importantly, I want to experience you right now. The things take a process. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. But his presence doesn't take a process. It just takes a moment of beginning to yield. Lord, in the simplicity of the moment, I'm going to turn to you. Even when I don't have things figured out, even when things are, I'm struggling with, even when I feel like I am at the bottom of the barrel, I'm going to stop. And I know that everything can be better and everything will be better. You can bring me way beyond where I've ever been. But more importantly, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to worship you. Yes. What an invitation to experience his presence. What an invitation to have peace in your heart when there's storms around your life. God with us. He's the Prince of Peace. Heaven is celebrating. Say, heaven is celebrating. celebrating. A lot of times people have the perspective that heaven's angry, heaven's mad, heaven's, no. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He doesn't love sin. He hates sin, but he loves people. And people don't go to hell because they sin. And this is not anything goes. Romans 6 is very specific. People go to hell because they don't accept him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send Jesus into the earth to condemn the earth, but that the earth, that humanity would be saved. Because anybody who receives and believes in him is not condemned, but whoever doesn't accept him is condemned already. You have to have the mindset that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. They were already under judgment condemned. 
He came and paid the price so they wouldn't have to be under that condemnation. It's like if you go to an expensive restaurant and you look at the menu and they don't even have the prices on that menu. And the waiter or waitress says, let me just kind of order for you. Here's our recommendation. And you're kind of like, okay, new to the environment. Sure, I'll take that. Don't understand a word coming out of your mouth, but we'll go for it. And this, this meal comes, you enjoy it, and all of a sudden they come with the bill and say, take your time with paying that. You love when they tell you that. Take your time. And you look at it and think, OMG, we don't have the money for this. We don't have the credit card limit for this. You're thinking about, can I get a new credit card quickly and get the number? Can I do that Apple card and be able to access it? I need some money. And you are, it is so expensive. There is no way ever you could pay the debt. And somebody walks in and says, hey, how you doing? And you're like, you're sitting there trying not to sweat. Good. You know what? It's good to see you. I want to buy your dinner for you. And they pick up the check. And you say, no, thank you. <laughs> you don't want me to, I can't pay this price for you? No, I don't think that you should be the only one that does it. There's got to be more than one way. There is only one name under heaven that you can be saved. That's Jesus. He's the only, and sin is a debt. That's what people don't realize. It's a debt that you can never pay by your good works. That's why good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. That's why you've got to humble yourself saying, God, I, I, I just feel horrible that I failed, and I want to try to make it better, but I'm just going to turn and say, Lord, I, please forgive me. First John 1, 9. And he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You don't look at, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus, I know you want to pay the debt, and you're the only one can, but I, I'm just going to wait it out a little bit longer. No, you would say, thank you very much. The world was already under condemnation. God did not send Jesus to the earth, although some Christians think this, and that's the way they act, and it's wrong. God, every person is important to Jesus. He loves everybody. Well, they're all messed up. Well, you might be messed up, too, if you went through half the stuff they went through. Or dealt with half the demons that they had to deal with. I don't know. I, I don't know their story. But I know every person's important to Jesus. And the, the message to the gospel is a message of reconciliation. The Bible tells us that we have been, we have been called to this ministry, this message of reconciliation, which means come back to God. He's paid the price. The door is open. It won't always be open, Matthew 25 tells us. But the door is open. Come back. He's inviting. He has paid the price that your sins could be forgiven. And you could have a life that you've never thought possible. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you for the seven people that clapped. May you not get the gift you really wanted under the tree. I'm joking. Okay. Last but not least. Heaven is celebrating. They said goodwill toward men. Heaven is celebrating for God's destination for each and every one of us. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Yeah. Pastor, you, God doesn't know about me. He knows everything about you. Jesus said if a bird falls from the tree, the Father notices it. How much more valuable are you? That he's, he's numbered the hairs on your head. Not, he, it's not that he just counted no, he's numbered. So when you pull that hair out, head, chin, I don't know where they're all coming from, but he's numbered them. 
he knows that that's 372. And for some of you, maybe just number four. <laughs> he cares about the details of your life. Amen. Your heavenly father is so good. He is so good that when they approached Jesus one day and said, good master, how do we enter the kingdom of God? He said, there is none good but one. He stopped, in a, he stopped a point of a conversation of conversion to teach them about the entrance in the kingdom of God. And he brought things to a place of priority and said, wait a minute, let me clarify. Don't call me good. There is none good but one, and that's the Father. Most people see God as, a, as an old man with a long beard and a big stick, and he's waiting for somebody to, to hit because they messed up. And that's not the heart of your father. For God so loved the world. He loves his son, but he loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. In fact, the Bible actually tells us, look it up, challenge everything I say. The Bible actually says that if he did not withhold his son for you, what else is he going to say? No, everything in the promise of the covenant of the New Testament to you. The devil will tell you it's not for you. The devil will tell you it's for somebody else. The devil will tell you you don't deserve it. You can say, I don't deserve it. It's by grace through faith I'm saved. That's part of the covenant. I've entered the covenant because of the blood of Jesus. Therefore, the Bible says that the promises of God to you are yea and amen. And that's a King James translation, which means approved and so be it. Why? Because if he, with not, if he did not withhold Jesus, what do you think he withhold from you? Shout, he's a good God. Come on, shout, he's a good God. When the devil tells you he's the cause of that pain or that hurt, you ought to say, nope, he's not. For Jesus said in John 10, 10, Jesus said, listen, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He's a good God. He's the source of all good things. And he has good plans for each and every one of us as we simply obey. Heaven is celebrating. Because the plan of the Father to the earth, for the earth, and for us. Heaven is shout heaven is having a party. I want you when you wake up tomorrow, not think, oh, Christmas is over now. I want you to wake up and say, it's a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. Heaven is still celebrating for you. Heaven is cheering you on. Heaven is, is I'm telling you, and the saints that have gone before us uh, are cheering you on. Do you hear me? Heaven is celebrating the plan of God. God's a good God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap, or praise. We're done. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. If you bow your head and close your eyes, if you're here today and you do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm saying, is Jesus real to you today? This is your moment. Maybe this is the first time you've heard the gospel, or maybe for whatever reason there's stuff you've allowed between you and and the Lord, and your heart's not right. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is your moment. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you do not have a real relationship, in the way you process, in the way you experience, in the way you understand, is Jesus Christ real to you? If he's not, he can be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I, don't, I know about him, but I don't really know him. This is your day for salvation, the Bible says. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Revelation 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. Romans 10 tells us, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 5 says, with a heart man believes unto righteousness, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
A short, simple prayer can make an eternal difference and change your life forever. If you mean business with God and you're ready to have, get things right, pray this prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of all my sins. I turn to you today. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me. Say, thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior and be my Lord and I boldly decree I boldly declare that I am saved Amen now look up here before we go any farther I'm going to ask I'm going to speak a short blessing and prayer over everyone who prayed that prayer and I want to one of the blessings is that God would strengthen you with might the Bible says that he would strengthen you with might on the inside by his Holy Spirit. We live in a time where the enemy will try to pull you back and pull you back and pull you back or tell you you can't get out. But I decree over your life today that today you're free. We live in a world that everybody wants to fit in as long as it's in sin and they let you go wild. And if you talk about Jesus, everybody tries to shut you up. They don't mind doing their movies and their TV programs and their commercials and their signs and their billboards and their, their ads and their posts about their life. But if you talk about Jesus, they want you to be quiet. Why? Because there's something about that name. Nations have tried to keep the Bible out and keep people from being saved. Why? Because there's something about that name that destroys the power of the enemy, that heals and saves and delivers and changes the lives of people. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know a lot. You just have to be willing to let him do it. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer right now, earlier, at the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to celebrate, and then I'm going to speak a a prayer blessing over your life. If you're like me, you might be like, Pastor, I don't want to stand up in a bunch of people I don't know. Maybe this first time you came because it's Christmas Sunday and someone drug you here. I get it. But the point of it is, if you can't stand up for Jesus in a room where people are going to cheer you on, because the Bible says that heaven celebrates every time someone gets right with God. Amen. Say heaven celebrating. Heaven celebrating. If, we have, if we struggle celebrating for Jesus in a house that people will celebrate with you, how do we stand for Jesus in the world when people are trying to dog us up and shut us up and pull us back? There needs a, a tenacity in the hearts and lives of God's people. And so to count of three, if you prayed that prayer and you mean business with God and you're like, today is the day. I'm tired of trying to be a Christian under the radar. I'm trying to just do it my own way. I'm going to begin to serve the Lord and do what's right. At the count of three, some of you are bold. You're going to move quick. Some of you are slow. So the bold ones move quick so that the timid ones can be encouraged a little bit. But the count of three, if you prayed prayed that prayer and you meant business with God, at the count of three on this Christmas Sunday, we're going to celebrate and we're going to speak a blessing over your life. One, at the count of three. One, two, three. Stand to your feet if you prayed that prayer. Who prayed that prayer? Come on, church.
come on church hallelujah heaven is celebrating you right now not only us but heaven is celebrating God bless you love you so God bless you heaven is celebrating I want to shake both your hands God bless you God bless you my friend I speak blessing over both your lives the hand of God is on your life for ministry all right stretch your hands toward them father in the name of Jesus we speak a blessing over their lives I thank you that they're saved they're newborn in the, the kingdom of God and we seal them according to your word with the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus we curse and bind everything that the enemy would use against them bad relationships wrong motives or any demonic powers or tactics of the devil against them we set them free and father God according to your word I ask you to anoint them I ask you to strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner person let them never be the same and let them be stronger than they've ever been before in Jesus mighty name we call it so and everyone shouted amen, amen. come on give the Lord a hand clap of praise you may be seated freedom come here